What's good, Internet? And welcome to Session 66 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. It's already the end of May, which means I got one more anime joke left in me. This week, let's step into the transmutation circle with me, your host, Alex Arona, your Edward Stand-In. And with me, as always, is a big shell of a man, Joel DeWitt. What's good, Metal Man? I don't see where the leap from that came from, but uh, all right, I'll, I'll be Alphonse. Uh, I'm, I'm just a kid at heart, after all. That's the spirit. And we are basically brothers, because of Super GG Radio anyways. Also with us is our antagonist, Eric Getty Gettinger. Getty, let's make you Scar. You think you're so cool? Not really. I always felt like Scar got a bad rap. You know, I was just trying to save his people. Whoa! You can't say his people. Yeah, I can. Unless you're one of them, you can't. They're the only people that can say it. Joel, are, are we, I will crush you. Are, are we mixing up our story? Scar's the guy from Lion King, right? Nah. Nope. You know what, Joel? You need to go back and watch Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I only know Full Metal Alchemist by that one recurring meme about... Uh, Let's say an unfortunate accident. No, don't do this. Yeah. Don't do this. <laughs> Let's move forward. I thought about making that joke, but that seemed like it was too dark. Yeah. Even for us. It's so mean. All right. This week, we get all stealthy and early adopters. We talk about a post-E3 world in the news and talk games that give us nostalgia in the backlog vlog. Which, isn't that just every backlog vlog? Basic. Let's move on. Early adopters where we play alphas and betas and games that make us feel like ninjas again. First game, Hyper Parasite. Joel, me and you both received codes for Hyper Parasite. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? I didn't get a code. You didn't get a code. <laughs> That's I, I, think, I think that means Getty should try to describe what Hyper Parasite is. What do you think? Sure, I'll describe Hyper Parasite for you. <laughs> what do you think? Do you guys Hyper remember uh, is? what's that? Oh, that old Nintendo game was it like Violence Television or something like that? Super Smash TV or S- Super Smash, or TV. Smash TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what this game reminds me of. It's got like that uh, that aesthetic of you're just in a bullet hell, but it looks like in this game you get to swap bodies and you can actually get upgrades instead of trying to find them on the map. Yeah, I mean that, that's basically it. So, so it's uh, also, bam. Also, look at that. Alex. Also, sneak in the word road light, and, and you're basically there, or road light, <laughs> or uh, enter the gungeon. Enter. Yeah, that's the other game that this reminded me of from looking at the screens and from the trailer. I've been playing some gungeon lately too. So, yeah, it's the yeah, it's very enter the gungeon. Yeah, it's definitely one of those, and the whole hook is that whole body swap conceit and the you are you start as this sort of uh amorphous blob almost symbiote like looking creature thing and the way you obtain abilities beyond that for the most part is by inhibiting enemies bodies and so you possess them and you turn to that character and that character will have their own unique set of abilities so one of them is like a homeless person and all his moves are basically like ramming people with shopping carts <laughs> and uh another one was sort of a ninja lady and she had like shurikens and could have sort of move around a little quicker and zippier and the most of the levels layouts are kind of kill rooms so like you you move into a part of the level and the doors close behind you and you have to kill off waves of enemies 
and then once it decides you're done, it opens back up and you can move on. Uh, you unlock more characters to be able to possess in the game by defeating them and sort of bringing their brains back. Uh, so it also creates a little bit of like you have to go seek these people out and bring them back to sort of your hub area and put them in like a test tube silo place in order to be able to possess them. So while you're playing, if you haven't done that yet, there will be certain enemies that you won't be able to do that because of it. So do you get to use those characters then at the start of the game? There's a small handful you get to use at the start. Actually, at the start, right at the start of the game, it's sort of the tutorial, and they will actually put you step-by-step into possessing sort of your first human and then bring it back to the hub world where they then put uh, the brain in the tube and, you know, show you the the ropes of how it all works. And then from there, you have to sort of go and unlock further of them. I think there's maybe like five or six you can technically possess at the start. Yeah, and then it, right. what it does is it gives you the idea to find the the one kind of body because they, each one has their own set of abilities. If you're a homeless man with a shopping cart, he can do a shopping cart ram, but uh, for the most part, he is a melee character. Things like that. If you pick, find if you possess a body that you really like, you can then save it for later. So it does like while everything is kind of procedurally generated with random assortment of enemies it at least gives you the opportunity to bank one or two right it's it's like it's like super mario world where you get to bank one a mushroom or a a cape Mm. at the top (laughs) yeah and this is a little bit again more on the pixel side of the art you being like what like a blob that yep. jumps into people's bodies and takes control over them and then fighting these other aliens. It's funnier, the guy that you can buy power-ups from is a normal dude, and then he goes, oh yeah, no, I'm totally an alien. I just look like this to, so people don't notice me. You know, So he's like, oh, that's another alien in a dude's body, and he's just selling you power-ups. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it, it definitely has a look, right? It, it, it's kind of grungy and a little bit uh, uh, you know, muted in that way. Uh, but I, I think it sort of fits the the horror movie kind of tone w- without actually being like a scary game. Yeah, but it's got a little bit of like sci-fi. Uh, I want to say, so yeah, some old '80s horror, like a bunch of neon around, and then also a lot of synth kind of yep. playing here and there. So it does keep that, you know, that kind of tone going throughout. And it, it's it's a fun, you know, rogue session where you play a couple matches, get through a couple rounds, and then you die. And it's like, oh, start over. And it's like, well, okay, I can just come back to this, jump in, jump out, things. You know, I like those kinds of games. Yeah. I don't know about Hyperparasite standing out a little bit as much uh, as far as, like, say, I would say, like, a, like, like an Enter the Gungeon, but if you're looking for more of those types of games, which there are uh, a plethora of those types of games, and you, that's your genre, this is like an Alec, I would, I would talk to Alec and say, hey, you should probably try Hyperparasite, because uh, this kind of rogue, roguish-style game could be something that's like, oh, yeah, throw this on there and, you know, give it a couple tries. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different flavor of one of these, and it's it's enjoyable. It's not something I think I would actively seek out, though, personally. And that's do you more, think? Yep. Do you think that you would like it more if when you like body swapped 
there was screaming, like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> Uh, I, I probably would have made that a 9 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It seemed like it has pretty good reviews. I, I don't know. Maybe you guys haven't played it enough to get to like the real nitty-gritty. I, I also I have a thing with roguelites where all the pieces have to be really good for me to tolerate the randomness mm-hmm. of it. So like yeah. uh, Dead Cells is one, and I'm, I'm not going to go into it, but Dead Cells is one where I feel like they fire on all cylinders and it all feels good. And everything makes sense. The systems make sense to where the randomness of it doesn't bother me as much. And this one, it was, it's not a bad game. It's pretty good, but it also, it doesn't feel unique enough with just that body swap mechanic. Uh, I mean, that adds a little bit of variety, but it also means you can easily pigeonhole yourself with a bad roll of the character <laughs> when you do that too. So it, it, it when when the but, randomness feels like it's punishing you too much, that that's where it kind of is my line. That's the rogue legacy element to it, mm-hmm. where you can get like that really bad, <laughs> yeah. genetic yeah. roll of the dice. Yeah, but rogue legacy, like I, I feel like it's it's a it's a nice simple two D action platformer. It's cutesy and silly, and like the the way they write in the logic of the deficiencies of your different lineages is kind mm. of funny and the, the humor and character around all of that sort of makes up for it to me alright yeah, and it, I, could, I could see that in Hyperparasite uh, I, I didn't have any problems with any qualms with it though I, I, I do kind of mirror what Joel said that the enemies they're, they're the things that vary the gameplay and almost entirely because they're what you take and the and like what you become as far as statistics, you know, health points, abilities. It's how you play the game. But I I definitely saw very quickly uh, repetition of those said enemies, and because of that, it kind of made me wonder whether I was going to find one guy and just kind of stick with it and be like, well, this is my character. If I see another one, I'll just take him. I don't want to lose that, or I don't really want to go through and really kind of try some new guys because the new guys' abilities seem uh, less impressive than what I was currently using. And I just kind of I, I got into a groove, and I did f- fine. I did a couple levels of it. It just got to the point that I I saw a new character, and I didn't automatically swap because I was like, well, this character I'm using is comfortable, and I know how to play it well. And so because of that. It kind of stuck me as a very similar gameplay because I didn't swap as much. Maybe yeah, and maybe like it's supposed to encourage more of a swapping, but for me, I, I felt like it didn't encourage swapping. Like there wasn't like a timer where at the end of the level you get rid of a character. It was just like, well, pick one and go, and hopefully you survive. Right. Yeah. yeah the the swapping mid level was more a matter of necessity. I found than like, ooh, I found a good one. Let me switch out of this body and try to capture this one. And maybe, maybe that's an indictment on the way I played it. And maybe that's what you're supposed to be doing is, as you see ones that you want to rather be inhibiting, jumping to those, just there is a button where you can actually like blow up the human that you've inhabited <laughs> then go back to your blob form. And, and I guess you could do that, but uh, I, I never felt incentivized to do it all that much. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I mean was that, it, it, like if there was a you get double damage boost if you swap to a new guy or and uh, maybe that's in my head right now because I just got to that point in Persona but 
Yeah, maybe it's it's one of those things that if you had maybe gotten a double damage boost when you swap to a, a new body, and say you got triple damage boost if you swap to a new uh, to a third body, kind of that idea, or giving like a time limit, you only you only get one body per lot per level. Got to start from scratch again, or and that would even almost be more inconvenient than anything else. I'm just kind of playing armchair developer here, which is a, a game I don't particularly <laughs> like to Ill- play. Ill advised. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm just. I'm just thinking out loud about what I, what it would take for me to kind of want to start swapping more, and I think that the the doubling damage or shifting into something new would really kind of make it uh, a push for me to kind of be like, okay, now I'm going to swap. Oh, this is awesome! I now have uh, more abilities that are firing on all cylinders and really hitting harder than I would have expected before. You know what I mean? Like something that I I, I would hate. I, I think at one point I was a police officer with a with a shotgun. And was doing yep. pretty far, and my character died, and I was kind of bummed out. And then I was like, "Well, the first thing I see is the shopping cart guy," and then I was just super bummed, and it really didn't make me feel <laughs> super excited to continue to play because I was like, "Well, this is the character I got now, and it's not fun, and there isn't a whole lot of like there isn't any more people to swap to, so I'm just kind of stuck in this situation." And that's kind of what I mean. It's yep. that- oh. Poor Alex. Yeah, well, no, I'm just saying is that that's that's some, that's how I felt about the game. It was that I was trying to, I'm trying to figure out how what would incentivize me to want to switch, and that that's kind of what would make it a little bit less painful to switch. What Alex is saying is we should. Cart guy. Well, I was saying what Alex <laughs> is saying we should do in this game is same as we do in society, which is you know shove the homeless off a cliff and ignore the problem. I, I didn't oh, say yeah. any of that. I heard stupid homeless guy. I, I didn't say that word either. Those are awful. But I, I, yeah, I'm I'm surprised at you, Alex. It's it's pretty inappropriate for you to be talking this way. <laughs> you know, it's moving I, I expected, on. I expected more from you than that. The next game Segway. we play. <laughs> got a ghost out of this conversation. Ooh, Ghost Run. In, yeah, yeah, Ghost Run out of it. <laughs> into Ghost Runner. Ghost Runner was the second game that we played. Sadly, this uh, demo beta test thing really only it had a time it was a there was a time limit to it so i was pretty bummed i know joel you got it and you were able to were you able to play it today yes i was yeah okay. I, I was able to carve out a little bit of time well i asked me though because i i played it I, I installed it i played it i uninstalled it and then i went to get it again and it was gone it was gone forever so i was Ooh. actually pretty bummed yeah i you know, I did not know what to expect from this game, and I walked away from it thinking, like, uh, I need to keep up with this and see when it releases, because it's, it's kind of captured me a bit. I, I So, it's a wow. first-person it's a first person game where you play some sort of cyber ninja type thing. Uh, you know, think like Denji from Overwatch, basically. And most of the parts of what I played were platform-heavy, Lots of sliding and gliding and wall running. So it felt kind of like a mix between Titanfall's kind of fast, smooth movement with uh, the focus on not getting too engaged in in the battling as much. So like this Cyber Ninja, it's it's one hit kill uh, for you. Like if you get hit by a bad guy, you're you're done after one shot, and then well, you sure. have to restart start which is a kind of vulnerability you don't always see in a first person shooter usually you've got a little bit of like blunt damage you can take before you're in danger of dying uh and that part of it coupled with the current kind of 
parkoury a little bit of spots and in, in some spots uh platforming in, in it as well uh kind of reminds me of the uh that sort of mirror's edge side of perspective but the speed is really titanfall i was waiting for a mirror's edge <laughs> no i i was gonna make that reference of it just being mirror's edge uh because the it's parkour as a cyber ninja and you have a sword and you have a sl- a time slowdown mechanic that will you know, go into bullet time where you can kind of die, and you have a, you also have a dodge, a grappling hook, and I think that's kind of it, right? Yeah, that's all I experienced. Yeah, and, and the ball time is a funny tweak too, and it, it, it's it works well within the confines of this game because because of that weakness, that's your workaround. So like, you have to be very. Uh, offensively minded, but uh, you know you, you can't go hide in a corner for the most part because there's not many spaces to sort of duck and cover. You you have to use your nimbleness and speed and these bullet time mechanics, including one that kind of lets you shift left or right from your trajectory if you jump somewhere uh, before doing a jump over. So that sort of is how it allows you to do the whole bullet dodging and, and shifting away and then countering with the attack. Did you guys also notice you were able to use your sword as a deflection on the bullets? Yeah. No. I yeah, so, at it, though. So, so if you time your, your uh, sword swing with uh, when the bullet's coming at you, you deflect it off and... and hit it away so that was also another good way to sort of parry and then be able to thrust into an attack Hmm. yeah i could not get the timing down on this game i felt like i was either not jumping at the right times and i kept falling or i couldn't block quick enough it was i didn't enjoy it as much it was definitely a departure from the stuff that we normally try out or even that i play right I can definitely see the appeal for it. It's just not something that I I think I'm very good at. Yeah, right and, now. and for me, it's just it's just on the edge of being almost too hard to coordinate, uh, especially mouse and keyboard controls. I am not up to speed with my first person shooter mouse and keyboard controller competency. So, like, if there are uh, controller inputs available for this game, it'll probably make me a lot more inclined to take a serious look when it comes out right so i i I am kind of up to date with mouse and keyboard controls and i kind of play a lot of those kinds of games and i still found that there were times when but so if you guys either of you guys played mirror's edge i did and mirror's edge is one of those games where i love the idea of it and i think the potential's there but I also think that like it is just a tad too unforgiving in some spots for me. See, now this game I thought I thought of that because for so for instance, the parkour. In Mirror's Edge, you can kind of look forward, and when you run next to a wall, your character kind of automatically starts running up it. And I found with Ghost Runner, I was having to look almost directly at the wall to get my character to start running at it and it made it hard for me to look to where I was going and looking where I had to look where I was and that's kind of where I started to find problems in, in at least that kind of parkour section the combat was just very forgiving, uh, unforgiving and very kind of frantic so that made it uh, a little bit more on the frustrating side I like the idea because 
I I'm one of the few people I didn't play the second one, but I played the first Mirror's Edge and absolutely adored that game. Yeah. So when it comes to first person parkour, I'm actually very pro in that that wheelhouse where I'm like, man, this is there needs to be more of this. Titanfall two, obviously, and even Titanfall one in the multiplayer, I was parkouring the entire way. But uh, yeah, for this one, I just I felt like the parkour having to look more directly at the object as opposed to just running alongside it and being able to look away. I felt that that made it a little bit more, again, unfriendly for me. But it was it was very impressive overall. The look, the feel, it was realistic art style, very good graphically, just a, like a very cool cyberpunk world. You know what I mean? Which is obviously so fashionable nowadays. Yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> cyberpunk is the new zombie apocalypse. Um, yeah, but... You know, weirdly enough, I, I saw traces of, like, Ori in the Blind Forest in the gameplay here. Because there are sequences where you have to chain together your different abilities and do it with such precision to be able to make it across a, a, a space from point A to point B that felt, felt like Ori and that, like, the window of error allowed was almost slim to none. Uh, and that's something I'm more adept at in 2D platformers than I am 3D platformers. So that's that's the thing that brings me a little hesitation is even in this demo, they were asking you to do things that felt pretty advanced. Yeah. And that's kind of, that, that's what I was saying is, that, like, this is, it expects you to be, like, on top of your A game, and I was, I was not. Because, I mean, but again, the last... I want to say parkour game I played was Titanfall 2, so maybe I, I just need to brush up on it a little bit more. <laughs> right. Hardcore parkour. <laughs> Hardcore parkour. No, it, it uh, yeah, Ghost Runner is a very impressive looking game, and I, I'm i interested to see where it goes. I'd like to see more of it, but uh, Joel, I'm pretty glad this won you over. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily won me and Getty over, but at least you got one of us, because I, I, that's actually a very big surprise to me. I didn't I didn't think that you'd, you'd be like heavy into this one. I, you know, the the first person aspect is is a little uh, cautiony for me, but I do love a good fast paced game where you feel like you're zipping around and being just an executioner for a bunch of bad guys like that. Just being able to dispatch people effectively, and and that feeling of satisfaction when you successfully get through a hard part like that it helps. That's awesome. That's good. That's good to be able to. Figure out. It, it, I always like I consider them uh, combat puzzles, almost. You know, like like Doom. That's what Doom is about. Is just combat puzzles. Being able to like know how to move, where to shift, how to fight the right thing, kill the right thing, and then run up this wall and do this thing. So, yeah, awesome. So that was Ghost Runner, Getty. If you think I'm going to read this transition and sing the chorus to Ninja Rap, you are sorely incorrect. I tried, but. Uh, he Getty wrote an intro or an outro. I, I correct myself. It's an okay. Outro Alex, that talks, I don't even know what I write anymore. So yeah, yeah. You were talking about there being a new Ninja Turtles game and hoping that you could you know sink your teeth into like a third person mod for Ghost Runner. But I do have to tell you, Ninja Turtles were in Mortal Kombat 10, and they took that Ninja Turtles that four player arcade cabinet and turned it into a pinball variation. It looks just like the arcade. The pinball variation looks just like the arcade. It's really cool. Let's take a break.
this week to focus on just you. Get a little bit of that TLC, maybe some THC, hit the TMZ, hit the TPT, BRB. No? Nothing? Nothing? <laughs> it's, no. It's okay. It's, how about it's okay? Don't, you just got to creep, you know, just keep it on the down low. How's that? Is that better? TLC? Don't, don't go chasing waterfalls, Alex. See, you can say that, but I can't. Okay. <laughs> I see how it is. I was trying to do the the, the police chief from uh, the other guys where he keeps making TLC references and they keep going, you can't just keep referencing TLC. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I have not seen that movie. Is that worth seeing? Yes, yes. 100%, without question. Okay. I'll see it right now. Yep. Right that's well, that's up, what. That's leave well. the desk. All right. Yeah, good game, guys. <laughs> First piece of news, Kate Blanchett to be Lilith in the Borderlands movie. Alex, I don't you just keep losing more money on this. I don't know how. None of this we don't I don't know how much I bet you, and I don't know what episode we made the bet in. <laughs> so there's all sorts of problems with this. Why are there problems with it? Clearly you're going to owe Joel uh what he said a new PS5. Wait, I heard I heard somebody talked about owing me money here. Who who's owing I me some money? I didn't make the bet with Joel. <laughs> mm, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Was it? I thought it was I don't remember. I thought it was you, Getty. No. It's Joel. I I I was surprised you were betting me a PlayStation 5 at launch. That that seemed kind of ballsy given the circumstances, but like You would never have hey, accepted that bet. I, I know I'm that. Game- <laughs> <laughs> Only because the rumored launch titles are garbage. Agreed. But I'm okay with this because Kate Blanchett's hot. See Thor Ragnarok? She was awesome. You know, I, I've got a soft spot for her ever since Lord of the Rings. So I whatever she wants to do, I'm I'm all for it. Filthy habitses. <laughs> Getty. Pro, against, don't care. This mm-hmm. I, I I just really want to see the movie made. I could care less if it's good or bad. It's going to be a nice uh, Getty Alex play date. We'll get some ice cream sandwiches at that place by the mall, and then we can. Dude, those ice cream sandwiches this. are thick with two C's. Oh, yeah. uh, you're talking about full on mandate, huh? Uh huh. Nice. You can come too, Joel, but it's kind of a drive. That, that's a that's a bit of a commute for. <laughs> No People offense, I, I like you guys fine. <laughs> You'd be, I'd be surprised how many ice cream sandwiches you have. Yep. <laughs> that too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> okay, second piece of news. Fantasy Star Online 2 off to a rip-roaring start because their servers are on fire. It's like a WoW launch up in here. That's really crazy. I, I don't know if you guys expected it to have such a resounding launch. I don't know. I told you already. They got Hatsune Miku. <laughs> yeah, but I guess maybe the last time that when was the last time a, a Fantasy Star game came out? It's been a while. Oh, it's Jeez. It, Dreamcast. Well, well, honestly, this game has been out for a long time, right? So this is kind of like a joke to a lot of people because it's not in parody with the Japanese one, which has been out longer, and the Japanese one has all sorts of like tie-ins and you know like because if you look at like say final fantasy uh, 14 right there is tie-ins with yokai watch ramen 
tie-ins with uh, well, obviously now uh, near Automata, all the other Final Fantasy. There's like so like people are just running around in cars, like flying cars from Final Fantasy 15. All of it's wacky, and Fantasy Star Online Two has been doing that for even longer. So there's a lot of wacky stuff that he probably like turned into like a candy bar or something like that. There's like candy bar <laughs> swords I've heard and stuff like that. So I can imagine there's a lot going on there, but. It is funny that there's because that was me and a uh, friend of the podcast, Richard, both downloaded this, and we're not able to get anything going mm. Be- because the servers were on fire. Yeah, because the servers are on fire. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was just hoping that you were like, "Nah, it's garbage. Don't play it." No, I definitely hear it's trash. I hear it's trash, uh, and nobody should play this game. I plan on sinking several hours. <laughs> me too. Now. Yep. That's fine. Yeah, you know, not not to pull the curtain back, but I I do wonder if this is the same thing, like the reason why Animal Crossing is selling like Dane Busters, just because you know everybody has no place to go and they think like, well, what better time than now to get into a MMO? Yeah, no, that's it. You know, that I I can definitely see that being a reason, and even in this case, it's on uh, Game Pass, so that also just gives you a whole nother like, well, screw it. Oh, they just giving it away? Just giving it away. Okay. Next piece of news. PlayStation patents wireless charging controllers. It's like they heard you, Getty. What was that hashtag? Pimp my next gen? Yep. Oh, yeah. Which we should probably get into this week. Should, should we? Nah. Probably. Yeah. You should probably sign that video game homework that we've been talking about for like a month now. Wait. What month? Homework? We'll get to it. Next mm. piece of news, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles releases August 27th. Uh, is this the same one that's already come out nine times? I thought it was Has only it? on GameCube. I, yeah, I thought it was GameCube and maybe like a GBA or something like that. Uh, or was, no, the original was a GameCube game and you had to have a GBA and a, a, a cord to plug it into your yep. GameCube to play. But in it order to let your friends play, right? But it wasn't like re-released on Wii or Wii U, was it? I thought it was re-released on Wii U. I- I'm I'm not sure if that was actually re-released or if it was an offshoot. It's kind of like it's not like you know how they release a bunch of Harvest Moons, but then they all play differently <laughs> than what you expect them to. Not like Harvest Moon. I yes. also don't know what you're referring to. No, never mind. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, only on GameCube. Really? Then yes. what were the other ones? Those other ones that came out were offshoots? There were a few there were a few Wii games. Um one of them was called Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles My Life as a King. And mm. I think there was one called My Life as a Dark Lord. And I think they were actually more like resource management games than they were like uh remakes or ports of that original game. Yeah, because I'm trying to find... Oh, here, Crystal Chronicles series. Uh, Crystal Chronicles, Ring of Fates, My Life as a King, My Life as a Dark Lord, Echoes of Time, and the Crystal Bearers. Uh, I don't know which one were later developed. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. The first one was Ring of Fates for the DS. Echoes of Time for DS and Wii. Crystal Bear for Wii. uh, My Life as a King, My Life as a Dark Lord. Uh, What was the original? Man, this is all confusing. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Yeah, I thought it was just called that. Oh, yeah. no, it is. It's at the top. It's 2003. Okay. 
The other games came out 2007 to 2009. So yes, they originally was for gaming, and it, this one is the one that's only GameCube only. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'm okay. I'm not interested. Okay. <laughs> and, and if nobody's playing this, then I have no interest. <laughs> no, I I plan on trying it. Give it a shot. It's uh, I I like I like Final Fantasy, and I've beaten oh non MMO ones, uh, almost all of them. So Crystal Chronicles, and there's a lot of offshoots that I don't want to try. Like I don't want to play ta- uh, Tactics A two or whatever that weird school yeah. one. On the- I liked those. Those yeah. were fun. I didn't like it, but. Yeah, let, let me know where you decide to play that on. I, if if there's a group going or anything like that, because that that game I feel like is really leaning on the cooperative play. You need oh, it's more multiplayer, than, right? I want to say at least three people for it to be fun. Wow. Okay, I'm thinking it through. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll fi- we'll figure it out off off. You need off. one person to hold the crystal, one person to be able to attack, another person to potentially heal. I think you can have up to four people in your party. But I just remember trying to do it with two people, and it was not fun back in the day. Maybe it's because you're not fun. Well, that could be, but nobody wants to carry the crystal, Alex. Nobody. Nobody. No. Okay. Last piece of news. Sonic games now have longer development cycles for better quality, which is probably good because Sonic Mania was pretty good. But Don't believe their lies. No. (laughs) Well, if you want to go with other lives... Uh, other lies breaking news sonic sequel same director in the works i tried to erase that news before he died <laughs> i didn't put I, it on here i, did I didn't put it see on it on there <laughs> it, it didn't put it on here uh it actually just came up like what two hours ago yeah well mm-hmm. i would see another one of those <laughs> that's that's all i really have to say about that and, and i don't have any high expectations but as a children's movie it it fits the bill and I look forward to them introducing the idea of uh, Sonic fan art, like Karen the Hedgehog or Blank the Hedgehog. I Insert your name. You, uh, I'll tell you right now, I'm out. I'm out. I saw the first one. It was fine. I don't have any you, anger towards it. I'm not mad. I'm not I, pissed I, off. I don't know. You, you sound a little disgruntled. No, I just yeah, don't. He seems mad. You, you feel you seem you seem like you're about to go drive to the director's house and ask for your ten dollars back. Are you stressed, no. Alex? Nope, nope. Just no, no. I have no thoughts on the Sonic movie. And outro. What do you mean I'm too clingy? It's not my fault. We haven't left the house in nearly three months. News. This, you cold blooded. This, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> Be right back, guys. backlog blog where we try to get good at games then realize why they ended up in our backlog blog there you go well i mean yeah no this is actually very true this is a this is a good write-up getting i commend <laughs> you uh the first game i've been playing is outer worlds outer worlds uh was my game of the year last year i still i still hold that it is a game one the game of the year for that year i just didn't get through it and now i'm kind of pushing through harder funny time to beat had this game at 
10 hours and I was like, oh man, I can knock that out. And then I realized, I started looking at it and I, I kept playing it and then I was on planet number two exploring at 12 hours and then like, man, this is, why is it taking so long? The story, they have all these side missions and I was just trying to 100% it. And I realized that I was doing that like naturally without thinking and automatically that makes it like a 40 hour game. Yeah. Uh, I was actually bragging to Joel about that earlier before you jumped on. It <laughs> right. seems like you finally fell for a Fallout game. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a Fallout-type game from the people who made New Vegas. The things that I like about it are the fact that you you don't pick up a thousand guns and a thousand pieces of trash. You pick up 200 and 200 pieces of trash. They cut it down so much. You don't need to pick up a pillow and a teddy bear and you know a screw and a cheese wheel. You don't need to do that. Here are the things you need to unlock. Here is food. Here is weapons. Here is ammo. End of list. I mean, I've found a lot of drugs so far. It oh, seems yeah, like drugs. everywhere I go, it's like, hey, do you want drugs? And I'm like, I do I need them? But I'm still relatively... Uh, not that far into the game to understand why I need all these drugs. Okay, so, uh, Joel, did you play Outer Worlds at all? I played the intro mission. <laughs> okay, so here's here's a couple... Uh, I will give some of the things that, that stick out to me as different. I've played Fallout games for like 10 hours, and turns out I was only scratching the surface, so the amount of mechanics they have in this game, maybe they're based off of Fallout stuff and I just didn't know. But the healing mechanic is you have an inhaler, a rescue inhaler. As you level up your stats in medical, you can choose to or not to, you will get uh, more slots in there. You slot in, say, a piece of food that also has a speed boost. Then in the second slot, you can throw in a piece of food that gives you plus 10 to HP. Mm -hmm. When you heal yourself, you now have a buff that will last, say, 30 seconds on you. And that's kind of what the drugs are for, is that you slot them into your inhaler. Oh, this will give me plus 15 physical strength so I can hit people with a hammer or something like that. You know, like you could just slot them in, go into a combat scenario, take a hit of your inhaler, boom, I'm ready to go for the next 30 seconds. Mm. Then that makes sense why there's so many drugs. Yep. And also when, when you food. say so many drugs, are, are you saying like, is it like space Advil and space Tylenol or is it like space heroin and space opiates? Joel, they're in syringes. They're in syringes, <laughs> but they're space like speed. <laughs> so that makes not, it better. It, <laughs> kind of. It, there's levels to drugs, and that's mid. What are S tier drugs, Alex? Let's 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 take a step back. S <laughs> tier drugs. Okay. So Alex, titles. Of, I found like from, four titles of this podcast already. Let's continue. Uh, so speaking from some experience, when it comes to Fallout games, the the skills that you get aren't really as intertwined as this mechanic is I noticed I've only just gotten my character to level 4 so like I said I'm still very early on mm-hmm. but seeing that when you put the skill points in it unlocks different facets of what your character can do with that there's some elements yes that would take place in a fallout game like if you were able to level up your persuasion enough then yeah. you would have more dialogue options. And that's very apparent in this game. It's the same thing. Uh, 
same kind of idea when it comes to lock picking. There's certain locks that you can only make it through if you have a certain uh, what is it like percentage fed into the into the skill. Yeah, but there's other things. It seems like, and what I've enjoyed is that the perk tree, mm-hmm. at least in the first tier, is not. It can be game breaking and. Uh, Joel and I also shared a little bit of insight into this earlier because I was asking him, do I want like the increased like walking running speed? Do I want to go with more carrying capacity? Do I want to be able to fast travel when I'm encumbered? And mm-hmm. games like Fallout, like usually you can't fast travel when you're encumbered. Like it really penalizes you. It makes you drop stuff and then come back and get it if you really want it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So I, for them to offer a perk like that, it's kind of like a middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> the the other one that you may not have gotten to yet is that there is a flaw system. And the flaw system just kind of hit me at like level 12. But the way it works is that if you're cons- uh, consistently healing yourself uh, from like death, that it will unlock the ability to take a flaw. A flaw will be a negative side to your to your character while also giving you an extra perk point to put in those skill trees. Hmm. And in my case, it was funny because I was on this bug planet, killing bugs, and it gave me a flaw. Do you want to take 25% more acid damage uh, or and, and we'll give you a skill point? And I was like, sure. And then I've, I wasn't paying attention, of course. It's a bug planet where they all spit acid. It's like, well, fantastic. Yep. But I, I really, I really think the setting and, and tone of Outer Worlds is probably what would bring me back to it more so than a Fallout. The one thing Daddy and I were talking about too is that, like, the post-apocalyptic uh, nuclear winter, post, you know, Fallout world, it, it, it's it's so drab and dreary. And I mean, I know it's intentional, but it also means that it's really muted and not interesting to me where the space motif feels like there's a lot more opportunity for a variety of different landscapes and environments and uh they definitely have the writing down pat too so like the the character development even in the uh early stages of what i played so far i I think it's it's there like they got all the right pieces there from what it seems like it's just maybe the setting would be something that would help me stay engaged in it more yeah, it. that's one of the things that I felt like Far Cry New Dawn did well. It was still post-apocalyptic, but all of the vibrant colors, it is really nice to look at. And that's definitely one of the things that I've enjoyed, especially having upgraded my graphics card so I can play a game like this on my computer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... it For me, the, the reason why I... Like, one of the things I said in my my top 10 list was that this reminds me a lot of a lot of uh, the Futurama you're being told by this old professor with curly white like curly white hair and a and a scientist coat to go do these missions and he's like well just don't die I mean you probably die but it's fine you'll 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 live kind of you should probably be careful you know it's like all it's just kind of a big joke that they're just kind of throwing you into danger and being like well I hope you survive this good luck and you get this ragtag group of miscreants in your ship in your ship that's just a 
a rust bucket called the 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 unreliable and uh just getting into shenanigans and it's kind of cool because they also all have their own personalities and their storylines and they all have special abilities that you can you know command them to use and they're pretty funny where like the the priest he will pull out a shotgun and start reading proverbs while shooting people <laughs> or um there is one girl that's just a huge drunk and she'll toss a bo- she'll chug a bottle throw it and then pull out a gatling gun and just start murdering people <laughs> so it just it all plays with it like you know in the the this is corny and silly but still kind of fun way and you know keep into a fallout like you said dreary dab or drab but this being very psychedelic colors i'm on a planet right now that is purple grass and rings around it and it fighting space bugs everywhere but you know and then also you get like the leveling system where it's just like leveling these weapons that you pick and you can add mods that will make it like a laser gun or anything like that it just kind of it all feels very sci-fi in a fun space pirate kind of way yeah this this is one of those games that just came out at like the exact wrong time just i was i was also dabbling in outer wilds when when this game came out and uh, a, a dozen other small indie games that just i i had my i had my uh bandwidth you sort of split too many ways to dive into something meaty like this no i it's on our list of content to discuss is outer wilds as well so that's that's going to come up once i uh, start digging a little deeper into that again because I, I that that is one I want to finish. I yeah. want to just play that one at some point. Oh, quite a bit. It's it's worth trying at least. Like I would be interested to see your journey of playing it too, Getty, because it's that game is sort of just like peeling back layers of understanding about how the world or the the solar system works in that game, and, and each discovery is kind of delightful. It's just a special game, just overall. Now. Next game on the backlog blog. Uh, as of, uh, we discussed last week about the beat list, I was going through my back catalog of games that I got about half. Stop it through. with the beat list. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the beat list. So, Dead Cells has been on my list for a long time, and I wanted to add it to my beat list. It has been a while. It is another rogue game where you are a 2D uh, cell that inhabits the body of a corpse. And you run through these 2D levels that are platform-based, but also explorative-based because they sometimes have big winding depths to them. And your job is to fight enemies. The cool part that this does differently, one of the very few, very, very few 2D platforming enemy fighters that touching an enemy doesn't hurt you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's such like a big... Like, that just blows your mind when you're playing Dead Cells. It's like, oh, I could just, like, run right past enemies and nothing happens. Right. Well, actually, there are parts of the game that incentivize you to blow past enemies because there are certain areas in each zone that have doors that are time-locked where if you take too long to get to them before discovering them, you can't go down and discover their secrets. Yeah, so this game does give you boosts for speedrunning, essentially. And... It's got these, the, you know. It's got the progression where you will uh, you will collect cells from killing enemies or opening treasure chests or even getting to that timer door, 
And using these cells, you would spend them to, say, unlock, oh, next run, I'll have access to this special bow. And you make, and the, from the look of it, there is a giant collection because the hub world has jars above your head that are filled with different weapons that you have unlocked. So the more jars you fill, that's the more uh, weapons that you have possibilities of dropping in your run. Yeah, I, I think I think Dead Cells really does the roguelike element of the of the game right. Like the most of the weapons feel even if they're not all useful, they're all pretty interesting or they're fun to toy around with and experiment with to see how you can work around dispatching different enemies and uh they all act differently and there's so many different types of weapons and traps and stuff cuz like th- there's what else three four different attack types that you can slot in different weapons and abilities into four yeah so and, like y- yeah. Y- you will be going through an area and you'll be dropping traps while then throwing an ice bomb and then swinging your sword around and shooting you know holding up a shield to block arrows incoming and you always feel like you have some tool to use at a given time yep and they they so it will be two two like hand weapons and then two trap like weapons so you can have a bow and arrow double daggers and then have a bear trap that will spit poison gas (laughs) and a turret that will shoot arrows or a grenade that will freeze people and they all work together, so each one, they, there is stats and items that you can collect that will give you bonus to enemies that are frozen. And it's also one of those few games where you can just set down a turret and just kind of go one platform above and watch the enemies slowly die. And that's a, always a pleasure on my end, just to be like, oh man, I'm just doing some damage. I'm I'm working down here, you know? It's like uh, Perfect Dark with the, uh, the laptop gun that has yeah. the, tur- the turret type, yeah. Yeah, and just set it up above the door and then watch all the bots come in and get slaughtered. <laughs> yeah. So I, I picked up, I was looking through my Switch, and I was like, well, I have way too many games. I hit my limit on my card, my 250-gig card on my Switch. I hit the limit. Jesus. That's probably a measure of you needing to actually play, play some, some of the games, games you bought. Yeah. <laughs> my, wife's, my, wife's, my partner's been playing like Animal Crossing a ton, and so I just kind of left it to to them, but... I don't now, see the problem with that. Yeah. So, so now, because of that, I was like, well, I'm going to pick up the Switch. I'm going to play some games. And the, I was like, whoa, Dead Cells. I haven't played this forever. And I made it to the last boss, my first run. And I was like, well, I guess I should probably put this on the beat. Let's, let's keep going. And I haven't beaten it yet, but each run, like Dead Cells itself, and this is this, the measure of that game, is that each run, I'm like, okay, that was close. I just needed a little bit more. I bet you next run I'll be able to to get enough stat boost items and health items and if I just use my potion quick enough and I just dropped another trap that would have been that would have been the end. So, I have now played like four more hours of Dead Cells. <laughs> but I haven't beaten it yet though. No, I have not. I have not beaten Dead Cells yet. So, Dead Cells is not on the beat list. Not yet. No, but uh, I can tell you right now, it will be. I am feeling confident that next run's going to do it. So mm-hmm. does it go on the beat list or off the beat list? You you beat the games on the beat list. You don't beat them. No. <laughs> Not finishing that sentence, Getty. <laughs> I tried. Get- I know. Getty, have you played Dead Cells? I have not. I recommend it. It is, uh, I believe, a 
relatively cheap game on uh, the Switch. Uh, and just the amount of content you can do it, it's you know you how much how much have you played that one card battler slay the spire mm-hmm. here you keep talking give me a second i'll boot it up and tell you let's see Nite- uh, dead cells on nintendo switch is give me a number 11 dollars $11. It <laughs> can't tell me because I already bought it. Oh. I think it's 30. I think it's I think it's 25 or $30. That that is the dumb one of the dumbest things about the the eShop. Yeah. <laughs> it, I think it's 25 or $30. Yeah, I, I think you're right. That sounds like the right ballpark cuz I it started as an early access title on PC and then when it became a launch, they bumped up the price. Yep. All right. Let's see now, stats. Because of that, I think that Dead Cells is easily an approachable game that anybody can kind of pick up and give it a shot and i think getty it is up your alley you don't want to know how many hours apparently i've played uh slay the spire and that's why i think that dead cells would would grab you just because you like to do a couple runs and then be done with it and uh dead cells i think will take you take you down those runs getty alice is really jacked about doing those runs so he can put dead cells on the beat list yep doing those runs Put it on the beat list, Getty. Please, please stop. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a break and then do one more bonus segment and then on to one last thing. Back with Super GG Radio housekeeping. I really sprung that on you guys. Oh god, it still just sounds like work. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing else in life but work anymore, Getty. Yeah, but and then and then he wants to talk about video game homework. <laughs> Throws that work at us all this. Uh. First piece of Super GG Radio housekeeping. We are announcing our video game homework. This was this was inspired by Joel. And wanting to lay this onto us, can you tell us, Joel, what have you decided is the next video game homework? Oh, we're going with mine. I thought it was your turn next. Nope. Go okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, there was a little game on the eShop that was dirt cheap uh, during this uh, tidal wave of sales that everybody's trying to get and, and rush people to buy stuff with, and that would be Night Trap. The uh, infamous FNV game from Sega CD. Yes. Originally. Yeah. Yes. Uh, very controversial for its time, uh, I think, because of some, uh, let's say, sexual undertones. I'm not sure if, it, if it's undertones or overtones in this case until I play the damn game. But uh, yeah. it was one of those games that uh, at the time the u.s federal government got its panties in a bunch and brought people to congress hearings to like question their motives and and you know won't you think to the children kind of sensibilities about it so uh it's apparently pretty short uh i'm sure it's still fairly inexpensive or if not i bet it'll go on sale again between now and when we actually talk about it so uh, i thought it'd be an interesting candidate for discussion so, 1992's Night Trap, originally for Sega CD. And when's this due? Uh, I, 
I'm going to say I'm going to give it three weeks because we have two big weeks coming up. We have big and, weeks. Yep. How's that different from a regular week? It's bigger. <laughs> it's, in the, it's, in, it's in the descriptor, Getty. I, but can you elaborate? The next piece of housekeeping. The next two weeks will be relatively big. We have Metal Gear Kevin coming back because he is going to finish Metal Gear Solid 4 this Friday. Oh, man. That means I've got until next week to play Metal Gear Solid 4 again. Good luck. No, I'm. I'm there's no fucking way I'm into that. Who am I kidding? <laughs> so we will have Metal Gear Kevin on to discuss... Metal Gear Solid 4. And I was actually thinking it might be a backlog blog only episode because I'm going to guarantee he wants to talk about Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger. Hmm. Two games that he has been blasting his way through. Hmm. Maybe I should miss that episode if he gets explicit in sex here. You can't because I might. <laughs> I also might. And then, then I will decide whether he can talk about can, that. Can then. we all just step out and let Kevin talk for two hours about those games? Uh, he's already doing that over at Brock's episode and Brock's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. Then uh, we're still in scheduling right now, but it looks like we are going to have Mary Kish from GameSpot and Twitch. Uh, from GameSpot and Twitch, she is currently now the community manager. I want to say she is uh, was talking about how she just recently got promoted into uh, being one of the head community managers over at Twitch. A head community and uh, head of community marketing. Now, so now be to, be honest. You just wanted to get her on to give you tips on how to get good about Twitch. We are so bad at Twitch, like so bad, guys. <laughs> Getty doesn't even use a cam when he streams. Yeah, yeah, that's on and, purpose. And we're inconsistent <laughs> at best, and uh, go all over the place. And yeah. Yeah, and, Did and you see none more frame stream. And, and you couldn't even of, hear me. My mic was too far away. None of us are playing Fortnite. Like that alone is a big red flag. Yeah, but Gamespot and Twitch's Mary Kish to be on a future episode. So that's very exciting. But you just implied that it's going to be in the next couple of weeks. Uh, yes, and that's that's very true. It depends on her schedule. It should be either the week after Kevin's or the week after that. I feel like you're getting everybody's hopes up. <laughs> I'm gonna get your hopes up when I, I'm gonna. I'm threatening violence, people. I'm threatening violence. And I think that, I'm pretty sure that's what we. That's all we needed for our housekeeping. There you go. Part out. Yeah, I couldn't. Remember. <laughs> Let me rename the segment. Let's move on to one last thing, where we give one last statement, one last sentence to throw us into the weekend and you, the listener, into the weekday. For me, I am still staring at my Nintendo 64. I just got to, like, say, okay, now it's the time. Paper Mario. Let's go. Do you have the right inputs on your TV to even play that? Yeah. I already confirmed. It works. Oh, really? Oh, good. Good. Yeah. And and then Getty gave me the cables to confirm that my PS2 works. Problem is, I don't know the software that I had for all of those bootleg PS2 games that are on those hard drives. Whoops. Yep, so I don't remember what that software are, is or how the, to use it. Are those from college? Yep. Wow. <laughs> and also, I have the software. It's on a memory card. I just don't remember how to use it. I, I bet Final Fantasy twelve is still on that Then to this day. <laughs> I'm sure. I just, again, if only I knew how to use it. So that PlayStation 2 is probably dead to me. Joel? Goodbye Final Fantasy six. 
Hello, Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> Brutal. I, uh, I I started the intro mission to Final Fantasy VII Remake, and uh, as you recall, I was a little tepid about the game after we played the demo, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I think it's just me needing some good uh, comfort food gaming, something that feels really familiar while being fresh and crisp and nice looking and sounding and yeah. uh, a, a new perspective on an old game I love. Uh, so I, I, this must just be a case of like right place at the right time for me this year, but I'm, I'm ready to dive into that now. Awesome. Getty. I just finished final fantasy seven remake. <laughs> so uh, hello, more persona five in my future. Getty, uh, let's spoil the ending. Turns out he was Neo the entire time. What? That w- that wasn't good at all. That wasn't even. It was like the a Eye of Sauron. Spoiler. Turns out that the ring was inside of us the entire time. Stephen King's Langoliers. Okay. The stand was a book. <laughs> and then Kate, a comic book. Kate Sith was dead the whole time. It was no. He was in a coma. It was his dream. Oh, okay. No, it was the Mog's dream. That he rides around in as a suit. Is Kate the cat or the mog? No, the he's suit. the cat. But Who's he rides mog? around in the, the mog, uh, like a little thing. Is it a robot or a... It's mm-hmm. a robot. I'm getting this out of here. <laughs> and that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where they are playing Keeping It Together with Sam and Kevin right now. Again, I can't say enough. That is a delightful stream. He is, he's, he's debating buying two bezel-less heart, uh, monitors so that they can have them and have, use, this, use it as split screen. So he just makes the game wide enough to fit both screens, like it splits across them and has the split be naturally in between. He's really, he's really having a good time over there. Every time you say their name for their uh, show, all I think about is that Bennett Foddy game. I, I agree. Also, Kevin will be finishing Metal Gear Solid 4 at the end of uh, this Friday, or, well, the past Friday by the time this comes out. Also, I just want to throw it out there that Kevin is playing these Metal Gear games because I have made him do it. <laughs> he's not particularly pumped on them, but he has, he's grown to love them. On top of that, he will also be rewarded because his stream will then be taken over by me playing Frog Fractions 2. I'm not thrilled. That that's the incentive you built into the exchange. Yes, he he got really mad that I made him play Frog Fractions. <laughs> that, he got really really actively upset at me. I don't think he talked to me for three days. That that's your Metal Gear alchemy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because he got mad at me for Frog Fractions, and then I made him play Metal Gear, and now he he's he's gotten happier. But he originally was very unhappy with me on that. I told him that I would play Frog Fractions too. And now you and have he, a metal arm. Yeah, because he, he found out how much more Frog Fractions 2 is. Like, Frog Fractions 1 is, what, two hours? Frog yeah. Fractions 2 is, like, 20. Oh, what? Well, you, you have fun with that. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I don't feel uh, bad for you. No, no. you shouldn't. <laughs> I have to find us. I have to find a, uh, what's it, a Mass Effect 2 save where, what's her name, Elizabeth, or what, what is her name? The girl that you can pick between the guy and the dude, the lady who dies. You have to do this to play Frog Fractions too. No, but it's kind of part of it. They say that you should have that save so that way you, they call you Shepard. There's a lot to it. Okay, moving on. 
If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com. Provide a review on iTunes. The or God, I can't think of anything of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG Joel. Good day. GG Getty. GG, don't forget we do uh, Magic the Gathering on Sundays. Woo! Also, you thought I was going to mix that up and screw up that outro. I nailed it. No, you, you did exactly what I wanted you to. Good night, everybody. Thank you.